classic, timeless, and collectible cars. Crown Collector Car Auctions presents the Florida Fall Classic, October 14th and 15th at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa. Broadcast live on the Internet to buyers around the world. Space is limited, so reserve your spot in the greatest collector car auction in Florida this fall. Visit crowncollectorcars.com or call 855-552-7696. That's 855-552-7696 and consign your car today. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, a.m. 1340. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, a good evening to you. This is John Cameron Swayze, reporting to you live, very much alive. And since the program is originating in Florida, we thought it would be appropriate if we came to the famous Marine Studios here in Marineland, Florida. And tonight, we're going to prove once more, with a live demonstration, that Timex waterproof watches are practically indestructible, really waterproof, and shock-resistant. But first, I want you to take a look at this handsome Timex 100 with the slim, smart-looking lines you ordinarily find in the most expensive watch. Yes, the Timex 100 is priced at only $15. Now let's have our live demonstration. Now here you can see we've strapped a Timex 100 to the propeller of this motor. Let's immerse that motor in the tank, okay? We're going to rev it up any time now. I'm sure you'll agree with me, ladies and gentlemen. If that Timex comes through this torture test, it can stand up to just about anything that may happen. Can you start her again? Well, if that Timex comes through, as I said, it can stand up to anything that will happen in daily wear. Just look at that. Timex waterproof flashed through the water to the tune of 4,500 revolutions a minute. I think that's enough. I'm sure that's enough for the folks, and the way I'm getting wet is enough for me. Pull it right out now, will you? Let's take a look. Yes, it's still ticking. Let me turn it around so you can get a look. It took the torture test. Still running perfectly. For only Timex, with its exclusive V-conic movement, can take such a licking and keep on ticking. You know you can be sure your Timex is waterproof, your Timex 100, because...
because it says waterproof right over on the back of the case. And it's also permanently protected against damaging dust and dirt because of its new hermetically sealed one-piece case. This case, completely waterproof without gaskets or cement, is the type found in the most expensive watches. Yet anyone can own or give this handsome Timex 100 for it is priced at only $15. Another reason why, if uh, I can borrow a title of a song Frank just sang, day in and day out, more people buy Timex than any other watch in the world. Race fans, welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We are live here, so uh, run your computers and Google TamTalk1340.com, and you'll see us live in the studio. And uh, hey, Cedric, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. And, of course, we have Chris from Crown Collector Cars. How are you, Robert? Pretty good. What's Great. new, Chris? Oh, listen, we're having a lot of fun here at the <laughs> Nostalgic Radio and Cars, talking about cars and race boats tonight. And race boats. I don't know if you guys caught that, but that uh, vintage commercial with John Cameron Swayze, um, I have to laugh because I, I think I remember that when I was a kid because he did all those Timex commercials back in the early 60s and stuff. But the funny part about that one was is I'm a big Mercury fan, not a Johnny Root or Evan Root or whatever. And he had to kick that thing over like three times. So right. I was going to start. It wouldn't start. So, you know, if it would have been a Mercury, it would have started. But yeah, hey, it was a Johnny Root. What the heck? You know, but at any rate. Uh, so, hey, Chris, what have you been up to this week? Oh, uh, we've been designing cars for our auction that's getting very close. It's going to be uh, in a couple of weeks, October 14th and 15th at the fairgrounds. We're going to have 200 of the best classic cars the country has to offer on parade across the auction block. So what are you, some of your latest finds? What's, oh, what's kind of new and consigned this week? Uh, something right up your alley. Right you're up a my Ford, alley? Yeah, you're a Ford man. Yep. We have a real 1969 Mustang sports roof 428 Super Cobra Jet. Drag pack car. Yes, and it is a drag pack car. It has a 431. 430. Uh, the 430. Posi. Posi rear mm-hmm. end and... Uh, Oil cooler, drag pack. It's one of only 63, so it's really pretty much rarer than uh, the Shelby Mustangs that they made out of those cars. Is it a four-speed or automatic car? It is an automatic car. Is it an automatic car? Okay. Uh, has it got any kind of race history or anything like that, or is it just a privately owned no, car? No, it's privately owned, been in the collection, and uh, it is all original, and it is a true numbers-matching car. comes from one of the best consigners that we have, and uh, it's going to be at the show up for auction the night of the 14th. So all you people out there, go to www.crowncollectorcars.com. You can get tickets online. You can save some money by getting tickets online. You can register to bid to get one of those great classic cars. And uh, there's still time for you uh, guys out there that are thinking about uh, maybe trading your car. And uh, you've been sitting on a car for a while. You want to sell it and get another one. We're going to have the best venue in the Tampa Bay area seen in quite some time. Well, that's super. Now, this 428 again, what color is this car? It's black with black. Really? And it's a sports roof, so it's not a Mach 1. No. Oh, that makes it rare, then. It is really rare. It's one of 63. Wow. Super. That's great. Yeah. Hey, while we're in a subject of Mustangs, uh, last week, you know, we had Carol, the man, yeah. Shelby. And I think I'm still floating around. I'm not sure. You know, I was buzzing for a couple of days there. But anyway, you know what? It's just amazing. He's the oldest, I believe, the oldest known, the oldest living uh, heart transplant recipient recipient. Is that the right word? Recipient. Yeah, recipient. Yep. In the world, I think, living still. And so, you know, you got to give this guy credit. He's got one kidney. 
He's got a heart transplant. Matter of fact, his son donated one of the kidneys. Um, I think this was like going back 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as a matter of fact, his older son, I think his oldest or second son, actually has the same birth date as I do. So, right. I do have more in common with Shelby than Shelby's. Right. So, but at any rate, so, I mean, the guy's just truly, for his age, 88 years old, truly inspirational. Just a man. It's just just had a remarkable career. You know, I just can't say enough about the guy. It's not over either. I mean, and he's out there developing the new Mustang with 800 and 1,000 horsepower that's going to be street ready. You just drive it on the street. That's great. And, and he's then, driving one around. He's driving one around. And that's just really incredible. In fact, at, uh, at one of the Shelby meets, he uh, I walked up to him one time. We were sitting there. It was one of the, you know, they had the conventions and stuff. And this was at the dinners and uh, where they had the big seminars and stuff. And I said, hey, if you could give – and this is going back probably in the early 90s. And he, I said, if there's any advice you could give to anybody that's a car fanatic, what would that be? Uh, he says, follow your passion. And I said, really? And I said, would you write that down for me? So he gave me his business card, and he wrote it down. Follow your passion. Did you put that under glass? I still have it. Yes, I do. It's framed. And uh, so that's just, he's just a remarkable remarkable man. Um, Just to give you guys a couple updates. Now, I don't always know who the guests, I do know who the guests are going to be. I just don't know always when, because, you know, because sometimes I'm dealing with PR people, and sometimes their schedules are different, or they vary. But we have Shirley Muldowney coming on next month, hopefully. That's going to be We've got... Barry McGuire coming on from uh, Car Crazy. He ought so, to be a lot of fun. He's going to be a lot of fun. I have Don Garlitz coming on. Wow. Okay. That'll be a great interview. Yeah. I'm working on Larry the Cable Guy and, of course, Mike and uh, Frank from uh, Pickers and, of course, Rick Harrison from Pond Stars. I'm trying to get those guys on. Right. Well, after we had Rick Dale on, I mean, uh, why not? Why not? Right. In fact, I will be at SEMA uh, in November, so that'll give me an opportunity to walk around the, uh, Vegas and just kind of goof around with those guys. Hey, we got that first little clip there queued up there? We so, got it queued up, man. Super. Let's this, is a, this is a blast from the past right here. This is a blast from the past. In the boating world, no other name conjures up images of fast boats, sexy women, and bad boys as much as the cigarette name. So much so that the term is now loosely used to identify any sleek watercraft. But only the boats built by cigarette racing team for over 40 years can truly claim that legendary name. Born out of the mind of legendary boat builder and racer Donald Joel Arano, cigarette racing team would be his ultimate creation. A line of V-bottom boat that would outrun and outmaneuver any and all competitors. The first cigarette was born in 1969, a 32-footer Arono built in Miami Beach. He named them after the Prohibition-era rum smugglers boats that were known for their high-speed getaways. The cigarette 32-footer was powered by 475-horsepower Mercruisers built by Carl Kikafer. 
founder of Mercury Marine. This was the boat that would establish the legend, beating record after record and winning race after race. One boat was quickly singled out as most likely to succeed. The Cigarette, owned and driven by American Don Aronal. The thousand horsepower craft streaked back to Cowles and its welcome harbor at a fantastic 66 miles an hour. 13 miles an hour faster than the record set two years ago. Aronauer, his co-driver and British navigator Clive Curtis, had come home to the big prize money and one of powerboat racing's most coveted Grand Prix victories. By 1970, Cigarette goes into full production mode, introducing the 28-foot standard open fishing model and a 36-foot race boat. In 1973, Arono sells George Bush Sr. his first of many cigarettes. From there, Cigarette's popularity grows as status symbol for the ultra-rich and famous. In 1977, the 35-foot mistress is introduced, and when asked where the name came from, he responds, she performs like a mistress should. The mistress is an immediate hit. However, in 1979, Arono suddenly sells cigarette to Halter Marine, the world's largest builder of offshore support vessels for the oil and gas industries. Immediately, Arono sets up a new company, Squadron 12, but in 1981, he buys back Cigarette and merges the two companies together. A year later, he sells the company to Hawk Engines. In 1984, the global TV phenomenon Miami Vice hits the airwaves and with it, Cigarette becomes a household name. In 1986, the 35-foot Cafe Racer is introduced as a more luxurious redesign of the existing 35. 1987 marks the launch of the 38-foot Top Gun, Cigarette's most popular and long-standing model. In 1998, Cigarette develops a competitive race boat named the F2, based on the 38-foot Top Gun. The very first year, it wins the Super Bowl World Championship. 213 Cigarette Jack Cabasso, Phil Lipschutz, our fourth in class. They are leading in points, though, this year so far. Brand new double step bottom cigarette. And you know, Jim, that these guys have a habit of just kind of hanging back all season long and then picking the boats off one by one. And consistency shows. Here's the points. The top three coming into this race today with one more event to go before the Key West World Championships in November. In 1999, the Top Gun Twin Step is introduced and goes on to win the Superboat National Championship in the Bahamas. By 2000, Cigarette introduces stepped-bottom hulls, new upholstery, and a completely revamped lineup. The landmark year also delivers the 500th Top Gun, a 35-foot Playboy edition, a 36-foot Gladiator, and a national and world championship in Key West for the 38-footer Top Gun Twin Step. In 2002, Cigarette enters a new era as Chicago businessman Skip Braver purchases the Cigarette Racing Team. In 2003, the 42-foot X is introduced along with two state-of-the-art concept boats, the 46 Rum Runner and the 46 American Muscle. Also in 2003, the Aventura factory is relocated to the city of Opalaca. By 2004, Braver forges an alliance with Mercury Racing and begins working very closely with their research and development team. A 46-foot experimental boat jointly developed by Cigarette, Skater, Mercury Racing, and TNT breaks the record for the fastest cigarette by clocking in at 172 miles per hour. In 2007, the 42-foot X receives Powerboat Magazine's Custom V Bottom Boat of the Year Award, while Cigarette wins Best Boat Display at the Miami International Boat Show. Today, Cigarette's racing team continues its unrivaled commitment to quality, performance, and customer service. These are the values that guide them as they build the custom-designed luxury powerboats of tomorrow. But cigarettes are more than mere boats. 
there are legends, and as such, their ownership in itself is an experience. Truly, the cigarette experience begins from the very moment you make the decision to purchase one of their boats. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. All right, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's our Clearwater Superboat Edition. That's why we're focusing on boats, hot rod boats, muscle car boat or muscle boats, all kinds of boats, just fast boats. Anyway, because we get the Superboat races here in Clearwater this weekend. It starts Friday night. Okay, all the boats will be actually, um, Chris. You know, the, car, the boats will be coming in. Some of them are coming in tomorrow. Most of the boats will be here by Friday because the time trials are Saturday, and of course the big race is Sunday. But Friday night they're having what they call Blast Friday. So they're having this big shindig down there. I think they got a live band. The streets blocked off, and typically it's called Blast Friday anyway. But this one's going to be a bigger event because of the boats okay and a big uh, shout out and a thanks to uh, frank chavez with baystar restaurants because he's one of the big promoters the big proponents in bringing the superboat races to clearwater now this is the third year and i've attended every year and of course i'm a big superboat fan anyway i used to i had everything from 13 foot boston whalers to scarabs to i did have a 38 top gun uh, cigarette at one point in time back in the 80s which was a really wicked boat by the way powered you- by chevy Unfortunately, I had Chevrolet's. Believe me, I squealed and wormed, and I wanted Ford Motors in that thing. And they said, no, nope, we don't make any adapters for the uh, TRS art drive. So, you know, but anyway. But if you got money, we'll put Ford Motors in there for you, you know. Right. And I, just I, I, my vision is a pair of Boss 429s. You know, that's what I would have sure. had in that thing. So, so the show, as a matter of fact, and I'll go into it real quickly. I met Smokey Eunuch years ago, okay? Most people don't know this, but Boss, but Smokey Eunuch worked on marine engines. And they built cast iron Boss 429 engines that were used in marine applications. And I really, truly wish 
that Smokey Unit was alive today. Now, my buddy Don, a friend of mine with the Z06 car and the 57 Corvette, the beautiful car, he was standing there when Smokey Unit told us both that the Boss 429 Marine engine was so fast, the Chevys scattered in the channels trying to keep up with them, okay? So that's just but the but unfortunately Ford pulled out of the racing program and there was no money there and he still had those motors there at the time of his auction back in the late uh, 70s early 80s whenever that auction was, okay? But anyway, oh yeah, one more thing too for the for you guys who are big Miami Vice fans, that boat was a 38-foot Scarab, Wellcraft Scarab built right here in Sarasota. Okay, it wasn't a cigarette. Cigarettes a term that was just kind of like loosely used for all they call them cigarettes, needle boats because that was the most popular brand back in the day. Don Arano he was involved with Magnum Boats. He was involved with uh, um, uh, Bertram. And then, of course, Donzi. Donzi. Don Arano. Donzi. Okay. And uh, so, big deal. Anyway, hey, uh, so, go one more time. Let's give us a little pitch on Crown Collector Car Auctions. All right. Well, I know tonight is a boat night, but I'm going to give you my last segment on uh, Crown Collector Car Auctions. You people out there that are listening, you have to get online. Go to crowncollectorcars.com. See what the show is all about. Take a look at the wonderful cars we have and make it down there this October 14th and 15th. you got to see it. Okay, super. Hey, also, I want to plug my friend uh, Dom Forte. I mentioned him last week. It's Forte's Auto and Marine, but it's actually Forte's Inboard because Dom also sells uh, these Teague Teague or Tiger, uh, they're ski boats because he's real big into ski boats because his kids, his family are all into that. And uh, if you need your boat service, now not everybody has 38-foot cigarettes uh, or uh, 28-foot cigarettes or scarabs or whatever, velocities, Apaches, which were really, really cool boats back in the day. But he will work on your recreational boat. So if you got anything that's 24, 26, 28, I guess you could get a 28-foot boat in his shop there. And uh, But he's a very good, reputable guy. His phone number is 727-544-6440. That's 727-544-6440. He's on 66th Street. It's Forte's Inboard and Auto Marine or Auto Service. Okay, So give Dom a call. Um, super guy, and I plugged him again and focusing on his marine thing because it's a boat show and we're talking mainly about boats. But uh, Forte's a super, super mechanic and a Mustang specialist. Okay, All right. Yeah, so we got to go check out his website. It's called uh, Forte's Inboard and Auto Marine or Auto Service. Anyway, oh yeah, one more thing. Since uh, I, a lot of you guys put, tuning in the show and you're uh, real, you know, avid listeners, obviously, and uh, I don't normally do call-ins. Once in a while I will, but we will be doing some other shows in the future and I will do some call-ins. Okay, so line, up, line your questions up for that. You can email us here. And uh, Cedric, what's the email address here real quick, if they want to email us? Uh, here in the control room? Yeah, can they do that? Yeah. Hang on, I'll get it for you. And then also, um, too, don't forget, if you want to hear some of our past shows, because we've had some very, very interesting guests on the show, you can Google Nostalgic Radio and Cars and go to our podcast, okay? And on there, you will find interviews and shows with Dave Despain, Mario Andretti, Johnny Rutherford, uh, Rick Dell, obviously, Don Perdome, Carol Shelby, of course, uh, Denise McCluggage, Lynn St. James, I mean, Tommy Ivo. Uh, the list is endless, okay? And, of course, the upcoming guests. And, of course, tonight, we're going to have another... We got a really cool guest tonight. We have a super, 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 super nice guy, okay, and a man with a serious, serious courage. <laughs> okay? right. I guess it's like because this guy he goes really, really fast in a boat, okay, and uh, and uh, we got uh, he's already queued up, right? So we got yep, a couple yep. of commercials. We'll do. Yep. All right, we'll take care of this gentleman real quick, or we'll take these couple of commercials real quick, and then I'm going to bring on our feature. We'll play that little thing, and then we'll bring our our feature guest, Chris. All right, great. Uh, again, I can't wait to hear this guest of yours. And uh, oh yeah, he's going to have cool a great guy. show. Can't wait for the talk show to come in. For get some call in people to we'll do that. Uh, rag and, on and Ford people, do, and we're going to do some live remotes like you did last week. Yeah. That little thing at uh, Pete and Shorty's with the Corvette Club, right? Okay, so we got a lot of things we're going to plan. Okay, um, go ahead, roll it. 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. exciting this sport is. This is what, this is where experience comes in. Sammy James is dialed right in. He's going to the bank. He's challenging Longshot right now. He's sticking it to him. This is offshore powerboat racing at its best. Shoes. All right, go to it. 
side of him now, too. This is the best racing I've seen on this circuit. But look at this Apache. Oh, big it up there, too. The Warpath showing you how big those seeds are. We're going right now 90 miles an hour. These guys are amazing. They are walking away with the race. Look at this boat handle. Whoa! They are on the warpath. The Apache team is on the warpath. They're going like mad. It is a sight to see. We're sitting here. Yeah, the Apaches are taking scalps today. They're not taking any prisoners, I guarantee you. They're showing us how it's done. I haven't heard them wing those engines one time, and this is rough throttling at 90 miles an hour, folks. All right, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's our live Superboat edition here, because we got the Clearwater Superboat races this week in Clearwater, this weekend. So I want everybody, especially if you're a speed freak, if you're a boat freak, even if you're a car freak, show up for the vintage ra- for the uh, boat races this weekend. Also, now, even though I am wearing tonight a uh, Superboat shirt, I got this from uh, Robert Noble. The, he runs the uh, 39-foot skater Supercat that's going to be racing this weekend, and it's a steel number 13 is the uh, is the skater class and that's what and we had bob teague on last year and we had uh, uh martin sanborn on year but this year this year i have the driver of drivers the throttle man of throttle men. i have the throttle man for the miss geico turbine superboat i guess it's turbine boat it's just the ultimate boat this the cat that the boat's gonna be out here running over 200 miles an hour out here in clear water in front of Clearwater beach i'd like to welcome to the show scotty b scotty are you there Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, how you doing this evening? Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good. So, how did you get involved in the whole the in the in the sport of boat racing? How did that start for you? Well, I was listening while I was holding on to that uh, clip that you had with Sammy James and yeah. those guys. Yeah, I grew up in that era watching those guys when I was seven, eight years old. Uh, I used to have the biggest race in the country in my hometown of Point Pleasant, New Jersey. It's called the uh, Benihana Grand Prix. And I, my dad was a dock master there, and I used to ride my bike to the pits. And I saw all those guys, and I was completely in awe of all the boats and the power and the horsepower. I used to beg them to just let me watch the boat. Let me just ride out of the parade. And, um, you know, I've just been enamored with it ever since. And my whole goal in life became to one day race the boat. So that's great. Now, what did you start out racing? I mean, what was the first boat that you raced? first boat I raced was called the Jersey Speed Skiff, uh, which was a uh, 15-and-a-half-foot boat powered by a, a 283 Chevy Chevy power plant. And um, they, they raced small, mile-and-a-quarter oval tracks, and the boats ran about 82 miles an hour, 15-and-a-half feet. A little, lot, lot of uh, rubbing and racing. <laughs> rubbing and ru- so it's a, basically NASCAR on the water. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. More like circle track on the water. <laughs> More like circle Okay. Now, the, now, how how many car, how many boats compete in that particular event? If you're in the in the Jersey Skiff, I mean, how many how many uh, contenders well, would there the be? Course, the course was so small; they they wouldn't they they wouldn't allow more than nine boats on the course at a time. So, if any, if you know, eighteen or twenty boats showed up at a race, we'd do heat racing and then qualifications, and then have the finals with the, with the fastest nine boats. And now, is there different classes, or are they all pretty much the same boat? I mean, are they prepared? When it comes to Jer- Jersey Speed Skiffs, they're all technically. Uh, specked out to be exactly the same boat, same weight, same power, same everything. Okay, okay. And then how did you evolve? How did you get from there to where you are today, driving one of the world's fastest boats? Well, my dream was when I got out of college to make enough money to buy a race boat and go offshore racing. Fortunately, 
it didn't pan out as quickly as I I liked. That's why I got the Jersey Skiffs, which is like a miniature offshore boat. And then um, I uh, started getting a little bit established in my career. Still couldn't afford to throw out the cash for a race boat, so I found a pleasure boat, the 24 Pantera, and um, figured I could tri- I could change it into a race boat. So I went ahead and bought a brand new 24 Pantera, financed it for uh, 20 years. I think I still owe like 12 years on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that drill. <laughs> and, and turned it into a race boat and uh, went racing with the help of some sponsors. Uh, I was one of the smallest boats to get a large sponsor. I had a university, Kane University, uh, Cougars. Um, Bob Cole up there sponsored me for uh, three or four years, and I just I won a couple championships, just worked my way up to the ranks, and, uh, you know, got lucky. Made my own luck. Well, that's super. That's so you worked at it. So, in other words, you came up through the rank. That's great. That's great. So then, uh, what was the following the twenty four foot Pantera? Then, what was the next big boat after that? Uh, then I moved on to a twenty nine foot Warlock, and I raced in the F one class um, back in the day, which was uh, they were all spec boats as well. I moved on to that, and then and then slowly but surely kept moving up and got into a big fifty one foot V hull. And then into the turbine boats. Now you're the throttle man for this boat. Were you always a throttle man, or were you a driver too? No, actually, I started out um, in my first Pantera. I drove and throttled the boat because um, I did all the work and I did everything. I towed it to the races, so there was nobody else touching that boat but me. So I drove and throttled, and then I got into the driver's seat for the F1 boat. But my heart was always with the throttling aspect of it. So when I got into the um, turbine catamaran, I uh, Strictly concentrated on throttles. Now, when the, now, just for our listeners, just kind of give us up, uh, kind of a little bit of a, a quick education on this. So, in other words, when you're in a 24 foot Pantera, did you run that boat by yourself, or did you have somebody in the boat with you? Just no, operate I, had, tabs? Uh, I had somebody in the boat with me. You have to have two people in the boat. Um, almost every boat on the on the uh, in circuit had a driver and a throttle man. So basically, I just had a guy sitting next to me who uh, was my navigator, would point out other boats and buoys and and uh, and be my crash test dummy, basically. <laughs> Crash just okay, and then of course now when you got in the fifty footer, um, was that two two people on board? Or was that three people on that boat? We had three people on that boat. Uh, we stood up in open cockpit. It was powered by two smaller turbine motors, but the boat was still capable of one hundred and thirty miles an hour. And I drove that as well. And um, we had a navigator, and we had the throttle man, and I drove that boat. And then once we got the cat, when that was done, I was strictly throttles. Okay, so and now as far so for our listeners purposes of our so our listeners have a better idea. The throttle man does what, and the driver does what exactly? I mean, when you get in, like when you're sitting in the in the Miss Geico boat, for example, uh, the throttle man is is responsible for the gas. And you know, basically, if, you, if you're going to compare it to a car, I do the gas pedal of the boat. I control the speed of the boat. I also control the attitude of the boat with the trim switches. Okay, and then the driver does what? He basically just steers. He, he, he steers the boat, and uh, and he kind of. I'm looking out 200 yards away to see what's coming to set the boat up for that, and he's looking at everything that's immediately around the boat, like other boats and buoys and stuff like that, and steering the boat. Okay. Now, when you when you when you're in these boats now, what do you wear for equipment, and what kind of pre- pre- preparation do you have to go through to 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 run this boat? Well, we've uh, we've been together in the turbine boat for five years. So we pretty much know each other like the back of our hand. He knows what I'm thinking. I know what he's thinking. But we're in uh, we're in our NASCAR seats in the boat with a full canopy enclosed safety cockpit. We wear uh, fighter helmets with uh, oxygen, and then we wear inflatable upon 
uh, impact or um, if we go down, if we start sinking two meters down, our life jackets will inflate if oh, we're right. unconscious or something. Okay. So now, and the 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 how did the thing with the turbine boats? How did they get involved in in boat offshore boat racing to begin with? What was the big uh, um, step? You know, because normally they're 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 internal combustion engines, you know, piston engines, and then now you know in the last what has it been seven eight years now they've been running turbine boats and uh, offshore racing. Well, ironically enough, in 1968 or 1969, the first turbine boat was introduced into offshore racing uh, by a man, uh, by, by uh, Odell Lewis was one of the guys that raced it, and actually Steve Wynn. And they came out, the Bahamas 500, they kicked everybody's butt so bad that they banned them from offshore racing. And uh, back in 2005, I met uh, John Hagen who uh, started this team, and he had a turbine boat, and he wanted to go race turbines. So basically what I told him is, you know, turbines don't race. We need to go and start in a smaller class boat and earn respect first on the course before you can start talking about coming in with the big show like a turbine. And, and that's what he did. He got into a smaller boat, and we raced a full season and, you know, gained the confidence and the respect of uh, the other racers and the sanctioning bodies, and they allowed us to bring out the turbines. Okay, now that smaller boat that you're talking about when when John Hagen first got started was that uh, normally aspirated motors or was that a small turbine motor? Yeah. No, that was a 32 foot Viper. Okay, um, with a pair of 1,000 horsepower naturally aspirated motors. Okay. Now the turbines. Now when you're sitting in these this cockpit, they 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 say that it's a comparable or it is a F16 design canopy. Is that true? Well, the, the when catamaran canopies first came out, they would actually take F-16 um, canopies and, and mount them into the boat with the same windshield and have a double pod. What we've done, and, and, and with Geico as a sponsor, you know, safety is a huge priority as a team owner. We had really an unlimited checkbook for safety. So we got with um, Perry Technologies, Submarine Division, and Lockheed Martin and all these guys, and, and they've helped us along with Gary Stray, my crew chief, try to design our own strengthening of the cockpit from water deflective shields and thick windshields to reinforced canopies. Um, we, we try to be on the cutting edge of safety. So we, we've got, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a canopy that is that is uh, based off the Lavin designs, but have uh, been modified by us. Okay. Now, the boat is a Mystic, correct? Yes. And they're built here in Florida, correct? Yes. They're, they're built in uh, over by Stanford in uh in, in that area. Now, are these purpose-built boats for turbine engines, or are they just, uh, can you put normally aspirated motors in the Mystic as well? Uh, you can absolutely do that. You can have a big, bad 50-foot Mystic out there with naturally aspirated uh, motors this weekend called Cintron that's going to be you know, trying to beat us around the course this weekend. Okay, well, now, do they run in the same class as you, or they're a different class, that boat? Because it's not turbine. You're in a class by yourself, right, with uh, Aquamania? In, in, in the... Uh, in, in, in Superboat International, they separate the piston boats from the um, turbine boats. Uh, in, in the other sanctuary bodies, we all run the, the extreme class. Um, but basically, the bottom line is, everybody it doesn't matter what class you're in, we're all about the same speed, and we're all going out there to see who's the big dog. I got you. Okay. Well, I am rooting for you because I think you guys are the coolest ones on the water. Now, back to the boat real quick. Does your now the, in, in the event of, of a mishap and the boat does... You know, uh, basically go in. You know, what's, I'm trying to think of the world. It's uh, pitch roll or whatever they call it when you, when a boat nosedives in the water and goes and submerges. Stuff, 
stuff. Oh, is that what it's stuff? Okay, just stuff. Yeah, we did that five weeks ago in, in uh, Michigan City, Indiana. We stuffed the boat pretty good. Did you? And uh, now, does does your canopy, does is it like a breakaway pod, or does it stay all intact? How's that designed? No, it's designed to stay all intact. We ride it out. We, on a normal rough water run, could hit upwards of six or seven Gs just on landings. So if you had a breakaway cabin, uh, you, uh, you might break away when you don't want to. I got you. That was my next question. What kind of G-forces do you experience in that in that boat? Uh, in uh, Michigan City, when we tripped and stuffed the boat, well, our, our, our meter registered, uh, registered 15 Gs on the impact. Holy moly. You guys, you're, you're a few steps away from wearing those uh, fighter suits, aren't you, then? You're pretty close to that. Yeah, well, I mean, we wear fighter helmets, and we're, we're in a five-point harness. Um, I think any any more on the edge, we have to do that. Wow. Now, this the, the Miss Geico, how, what kind of speeds is that boat capable of attaining? We have, uh, we've done 213 miles an hour in that boat, and that was with the, um, the bigger motors, which are designed just for speed runs or they're um, uh, Chinook helicopter motors, T-55 Lake Homings, which are 3,200 horsepower each. Mm-hmm. Um, when we race, we race the smaller T-53s, which are about 2,000 horsepower each. It's a lot easier on the drivetrain. The T-55s just tore up everything, so they weren't good for racing. And the boat is still capable of 200 miles an hour. Uh, depending on the race setup, we'll run anywhere from uh, 160 to you know, 190 plus, depending on how rough the water is. We actually set a world record in a race in Biloxi of 194 mile an hour in straightaway. Gee, that's incredible. That's just a, now. What's a, what's kind of a sensation, speed sensation? Do you feel going that fast in that boat? I just can't imagine. Uh, well, it's very, it's very similar to taking off in a commercial air, airline. Okay. A uh, commercial airliner will take off between 165 and 185 mile an hour, depending on how heavy it is, mm-hmm. and the acceleration and the vibration. And a little bit of pinning you back to your seat. It feels very, very similar, except when the commercial jet, you know, goes to take off, mm-hmm. we're turning left. You're turning left. Okay. Well, no, that's an excellent analogy right there. So, in other words, if you're if I'm sitting in the jet liner and I'm sitting over here at Tampa International Airport and it takes off, that's true. They take off and land r- roughly about the same speed, 150 to 190 miles an hour. And, very uh, similar. Okay. Yeah, super. Sound to everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, turbines. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, out here in Clearwater, um, how fast will that, how fast, if the, if you got a medium chop, okay, which is what, two to three feet, maybe, something like that? Yeah. Okay. What kind of speeds will you guys be running out here in, uh, in, for this race course that you're going to have here in Clearwater this weekend? I'm anticipating uh, the water to be pretty much the way it's been the last few years, and uh, we've been getting 170-plus miles an hour on the race course. When you slow down for the turns, just to give us an idea, how fast are you taking the turns? In a complete U-turn we can do in 300 yards, we won't start turning the boat hard until we're down to about 135 miles an hour. In in a different style course, when we do a 90-degree turn, we'll start turning the boat at about 165 miles an hour. That's mind-boggling. I'm I'm used to road racing, so I'm thinking, you know, if I'm coming to a turn and I'm hitting my braking points, and we've got 100, 200, 300, and I shoot for my apex, I mean, can I... Equate road racing or and to boat racing. I mean, is it the same? Do you have to hit the apex at the right point to come out? Don't you? Absolutely. Except you don't have brakes. So the way we break the boat is by turning the rudder and letting the the drag of the water do it for us. Wow. So in other words, you can slow down. What's your braking distance there? I mean, how far before you have to you know start setting up for the turn in? 
Uh, we could do it in about mm, a couple hundred yards. We could, what we'll do is we'll come down the straightaway, and we'll be at, at, at peak speed for the conditions, and then I'll set the boat down. I'll trim it in a little bit. I'll relieve it of fuel. Mark will turn, turn the rudder a little bit, which will dramatically slow the boat down, and then when we get to the point. The problem is it's just like anything else. You get speed work in these boats. Mm-hmm. So if you're going down the straightaway at 180 mile an hour and you slow down to 160, Mark's always saying, I got it, I got it. I'm like, no, you don't have it. We're going 160. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you get that speed warp just like on the on the freeway when you're doing 80 and you slow down and you get off the exit at 55 and it feels like you can get out and walk. Yep. We go, we go through the same thing. Oh, okay. Good analogy again. Great. Um, now, the course out here today, is the course changed a little bit from last year? I know they made it longer the year, from the year before because this is his third, third venue here. So the first year... It was a shorter course, and then last year they made it a little bit longer. Is the course the same configuration this year as it was last year, or is it longer? I, I believe it is. I believe it's, a, it's, a, it's just a uh, five-and-a-half-mile oval. So it'll be two long straightaways with two U-turns on each end, which is great for the fans because we're close to the beach, both up and back. That brings another question. Um, I've watched a number of these races over the years, and what amazes me, and correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe I just have a, because I've been on, on the shore, I've been out on the boat, and then last year I was in the media boat, so we are between the races while you guys are running around us on the outside. But I look at how fast you guys are going, and you're only, you know, really, you're a couple football fields from the shoreline, and you've got people in the water. Is there ever a time when you think that, gee whiz, these people are getting really too close because if one of these boats get out of shape and they, you know, for whatever reason, they wander into the shoreline, they, they could hurt somebody? Is that ever a concern? You know, we've been doing it this close to shore for the last 15, 20 years. And, uh, and the really, the dangers are the ends of the course when you're coming into, in a straightaway, you could trip it, you could stop it, you could hook it. Everything's going to happen within 20 or 30 yards, maybe 50 yards. And we're 100 yards away, plus from people. Um, the reason there's no spectator boats on the ends of each course is because that's where you run into issues coming into a turn. So they have no spectator boats on each end of the course. So if something's going wrong, like Sarasota, our throttle stuck wide open coming into turn one, <laughs> and we headed halfway to Fort Myers. But, you know, there's no boats there, so it's called a, a, a runoff. It's a safe, safe area for, for boats to run off. Wow. Okay. So what? Ha- your throttle's actually stuck in the boat, then? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was uh, a te- quite an interesting turn. Okay. Was that a technical thing? What did it turn out to be? What it turned out to be was one of the throttle cable mounts snapped during the race, and the throttle cable got hung up in between the drive shaft and drive shaft card, and started rubbing against it and burning it. So it was it was basically frozen. Now. Just this brings up another interesting point. Is it is this a drive by wire type thing, or is this an actual direct cable that goes to where from point A to point B? No, this is fifties technologies. These are these are out of uh, helicopters that were in Vietnam. So oh, okay. everything's mechanical. Our fuel control systems are mechanical. Our throttles are mechanical. You know, our steering is hydraulic, but everything is computer and telemetry monitored. But you know, we're talking. 60s technology here. Okay. Now, the uh, other thing I was going to ask you, fuel, what do you guys run? Because typically turbines, uh, that's jet fuel. That's basically diesel or number one diesel, isn't it? Basically Jet A, which is a purified kerosene. Kerosene, okay. And uh, so that's the same thing that the jet airliners run on them for all practical purposes. 
Yeah, yeah, we go to the airport to refuel. Okay, <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, now, when you uh, so to to service and, and maintain these boats, are they are high maintenance or is it a minimal maintenance? I mean, is it you know give us some sense of uh, you know the offer, the operation that's involved in that as far as the maintaining the boat. Uh, I would say they're no more high maintenance than any other race vehicle on the planet. The crew is constantly working on them. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as longevity of the power plant. We've run the same two engines now uh, all of last year with nothing but taking them apart and giving them a good cleaning in the off-season and put them back together, and we're still in the same two motors uh, for the last two years, whereas equivalent piston power will probably last two to three, maybe four races if you're lucky, before we need a complete rebuild. Wow. Now, the cost of these engines versus, let's say, uh, a comparable 1,500, 2,000 horsepower, uh, you know, Big block Chevrolet or whatever you guys run, and um, is the turbines uh, more expensive or the same about, or less? They're about double, but if you look at the uh, once you get everything set, everything done right, if you look at the rebuild costs, uh, we catch up to the piston boat and actually are, are less expensive to run in the long run. It's just the upfront costs are a little steeper. Okay, now the Mystic. This is a fifty fifty foot boat. Is that how long this one is? Yes, fifty foot, eleven and a half wide. Wow, what's the beam on this boat? Eleven six. Oh wow. Okay, now this thing also runs. Uh, you're running surface drives on this, right? Yes, BPM. They're made in Italy. A, a variation of the Arneson drive. Okay. So uh, and then, uh, do these have a limit on in terms of horsepower and torque, or um, they're just built uh, built to take anything? Well, they're not built to take anything. They do have a limit in horsepower and torque. Um, they're 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 rated. We're right about the max of what they're rated. But um, we've been run. I knock on wood, have not blown up an outdrive uh, in the in the Miss Geico, uh, not one time in a race application. Did it once testing. Um, we lost a couple of gearboxes, but the, the surface drive by DPM is just a phenomenal drive. Okay. Now, have you done? It's talking about races. Um, some of the courses, like okay, so Clearwater, we're going to have basically an oval course here, and now some they make. Different, you you race different configurated uh, race courses, for example, right? They're yeah, more like a road course. It's much like NASCAR. If you get Sarasota right up the road for you guys, right? Um, it's more like a uh, like a triangular type course. Uh, Key West, where our world championships are, is like a triangle with a little dog leg off of that. Um, but most courses, about eighty percent of the courses, are the oval course. So, what do you like to drive? I mean, what? Uh, how do you? I mean, is it more fun? Do you have to? Is it require more focus? Or obviously, focus is required regardless. But I mean, which courses do you like better? I like Key West. Um, I like the more complicated the course, the better. Uh, reason being is sometimes you can get out on some of these oval courses if it's calm water, and you pick the wrong prop, and you got, there's nothing you can do about it. The fastest boat wins. When you get on these uh, Key West type courses and Sarasota type courses, you can be the slower boat. And, and still have a chance of winning because, uh, you know, it just takes a lot more uh, uh, skill in, in going through the turns and coming out of the turns fast. And Key West is unbelievable because you can have six-foot seas on the outside and bay conditions on the inside, a two-mile straightaway, a one-mile straightaway, a right-hander, a left-hander. You can get every condition imaginable in an offshore race on one lap. Wow. So now, that's, you know, that's why it's the World Championships, and that's why, you know, the best of the best come out at the end of Key West, you know, knowing they're the best because they've done it all. 
Now this tra- this course that we got here, or this race here, this is called the Clearwater Superboat. This is a national championship, and then what? Two weeks there'll be one in Key West. What's the difference in the races? It's two different race organizations, correct? Uh, no, no. Uh, SBI is this is the national uh, championship event, which is the accumulation of the national points. Um, the last race, technically of the of, of the regular season, and then in November fifth through twelve, uh, fifth through thirteenth are the world championships where the points all get wiped clean and we race three races in one week high points you know wins the world championship okay now the um the the race this weekend what are you guys going to have for support i mean you have the there's the other boat that you have the 38 cigarette which is your safety boat and then you have another boat that races in another class right the caveman Yes, we've got the Caveman 39-foot skater V-Hull, which races in, uh, in, in the Class 1, uh, 100, which is uh, boats, all boats cannot exceed a speed of 116 miles an hour. Um, so that, that, I'm sorry, that's the other organization. Basically, our Caveman is in the extreme V-Class in this section body, which means anything goes. Speed, oh. anything goes, fastest V-Hull wins. Okay, now these boats in the different class, those are basically spec boats, so all the engines and everything are the same in those, correct? Uh, no, not in this boat. This boat's it, it's very similar to the to the extreme catamaran class, except okay. anything goes, two engines, four engines, any horsepower, any configuration, you know, biggest, baddest, fastest winds. And that's the way the VL set up. Okay. Now, as far as water, I mean, do you like rough water yourself, or do you like... Uh, Calm water. I mean, if you're racing and you're throttling, um, the, the, give us a give us a little insight there. Well, I do a lot more work in rough water, so I tend to I tend to gravitate towards the rough water. Okay. Um, but as a partial owner of the race team, responsible for paying the bills on on, on fixing the boat, uh, calm water races are much better on the pocketbook. Okay, so in other words, less abuse on the boat, then less abuse on the equipment. Yeah. Period. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Sense. Okay, so uh, now you've been doing. Now, how where do, where does where does Scotty B go from here? Do you keep racing the Miss Geico boat for the next? Uh, what's the longevity of, of of this type of uh, racing? I mean, as far as you know, career wise for you. Uh, well, for, for us, we've just uh, just two days ago, um, we've uh, uh, Geico signed a three year extension on our contract. So this is what we'll be doing at least for the next three years, uh, where the sport evolves to. Um, we'll try to stay on the forefront of it, uh, whether it goes to uh, more of a spec or a giant piston, get rid of the turbine. <laughs> you know, we're having a dis- we've had an issue with other turbine boats showing up um, and racing. You know, three years ago, we had two to three in every race and three to four big giant pistons. But between the economy, health issues, and, 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 a, and a myriad of scenarios, you know, we're whittled down to basically we'll be the only turbine boat in Clearwater this week. We're hoping to have three in Key West. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's just a life cycle of the sport, ups and downs with the, the economy and different things. But now I'm hearing rumor of a brand new race boat um, being built to come out and kick our butt. Uh, Miss Mary Mac was a brand new race boat built to come out and kick our butt this year, but kind of had a fire in Lake of the Ozarks, so they're not going to be here. Okay. So, you know, we're just going to feel it out. We're okay. going to feel it out. We're going to go. We're going to come up prepared. 
All right, we're like, kind of like the heavyweight champion, you know? <laughs> okay. Wait for somebody to knock us off. All right. Well, anyway, hey, we're just about out of time. Scotty B., I want to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. You did. It was a great show. You did a great job. I want everybody to go out to Clearwater Beach this weekend and watch the boat race. It starts Friday, okay? Be sure and walk up to the Miss Geico boat. Say hi to Scotty B. You heard him on the radio. And we're out of here, and we'll see you at the races. Scotty, we'll talk to you later, and I'll see you Friday. Take care, guys. It's been fun. Okay. 